You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday, and I'm speaking to, of course, Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. Big night tonight, Wayne, because I think the last time that the US Federal Reserve raised interest rates by 50 basis points, or to normal human beings, half a percent, was in the year 2000, I believe that. But anyway, it's been a long, long time. But the market has has factored it in because the US 10-year Treasury yield is exactly 3% as I look at my screen. Yes, I mean, the 3% is, you know, it, it doesn't sound like much, but when you've come from 0.6, yes. it's actually quite a lot, eh? It's a big move. I mean, that is almost threefold. Interest rates have gone up. No, it's more than more threefold. Than How much f- is that? Fivefold. It's fivefold. Yeah. Fivefold, yeah. Hmm. Interest rates have gone up fivefold. Okay, now I have the, I have the uh, lucky enough can draw up. Let me just hang on one second. Let Are you just, looking back in your the I can look FMB at the I can look archives. at the graph, yeah. Yeah, okay, go on then. I can look at the graph, yeah. Okay, so the last time interest rates went up, yeah, it was probably two thousand and four. It doesn't actually show the percentage, unfortunately now. I can't see it yet. But the last time we saw interest rates going up was in 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. And then immediately they started to fall. Right. And then of course when COVID came they collapsed. But, you know, rising interest rates are cyclical. They, there's nothing that unusual about interest rates going up. What is unusual this time around is how inflation has picked up so dramatically. That's quite unusual. It's normally you wouldn't get such a sharp and sudden increase in, in inflation. But, you know, once again, maybe the base was just so low but, I mean, 8% is still a frightening number. Eh? It's very high, and you've always so been so a Yeah, B- I've got the data on inflation. Okay, go on. Last time inflation was 8%, last time inflation was, 8% was 41 years ago. 1982. 1982. Yeah, exactly, 41 years But then ago. it went to 16, eh? Mm. didn't stay at 8, it went to 16. But now, interesting, just, you know, sometimes you forget this data and you uh, um, – don't always look back on, maybe we should look back on data more often. You know, maybe 8%, maybe 8% isn't that unusual, just looking at the data, yeah? Because it it touched 75 in 2008, it touched 7, 8 in 1990 as well. So, you know, it, it's, not, it's not that unusual to get inflation uh, at 7 or 8%, but how quickly it's got there. I mean, it's gone from 2% in, well, exactly a year ago. So in a year, it's gone from 2 to 10. And I don't think it's ever increased that steeply, even the 70s and the 80s. The, the rise, I mean, it rose to much higher levels, yes. but the rise was, in fact, more gradual. So as a percentage change year on year, this must be one of the, you know, literally one of the steepest ever. I think so. But you've been of the contention that um, it, it's going to fall back to two and a half, three percent. You've always said that because what the, 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 probably the rate of change of the rise in commodity prices is not going to be able to sustain seven, eight percent yes. in the United Correct. States or Europe so, or know, wherever I, it is. I yeah. Still, yeah. You know, for this to be sustained, oil must go to 200. Okay. You know, iron ore must go to 300. Mm, that's you not know, food prices must food prices must double again. Yeah. for this to be sustained. 
And that's not going to happen. Look, the real debate is, are interest rates going to stop at 3%? I'm talking now the money market rate, not the mm-hmm. bond rate, the, the, the Fed rate, the Fed rate. Yeah. Is it going to stop at 3% or is it going to stop at 5%? I think it's going to stop at around about 4.5%. And I think at the same time, the inflation will fall to 4.5% and interest rates will go up to um, 4.5%. So the two will meet in the middle. And that will be normality to my, my tiny brain. That would be a little bit higher than normal. Interest rates inflation in America normally ranges between 3 and 4%. Right. But look, if it goes to five plus, all hell will break loose in the world economy and the share market. We will get a recession if interest rates go above five and we will get a severe correction in the bull market. Now, just people also forget all of these type of statistics every now and again. But the NASDAQ year to date, so not off the peak, the year to date return is minus 21. I mean, that's, a, that's quite a big fall. It's almost a quarter down. Hmm. The S&P 500 is down 13 year to date. So I actually think we are, certainly on the NASDAQ, we may be three quarters of the way through the fall that I anticipate, and on the S&P, maybe halfway through the fall. So I think we, we still, I still think the market's going to fall, but I think we are, you know, we've, we've experienced a fair chunk of it already. You know, it's almost sneaked up on us. Yeah. Um, look, I actually think interest rates and inflation are going to settle below four. That's my view for what it's worth. Mm. Because, um, you know, whatever happens, economic growth will slow down. So it might still grow, but the growth rate might slow down. Is this what your team and at FNB is? Job is, market, is the I mean, job market won't be so tight. You have access to some very fine economists at your giant institution, FNB, mm. of which your division is part. Uh, what are they saying about it? Are they saying the same thing? You sit down once a month or once a week yes. or something. Are they saying and, exactly and well, the same as you? It's, I will admit it's a very consensus view. Eh? That's mm. what the market thinks as well. But if it goes, if they both go, if they're both in a year's time, a year and a bit's time, middle of next year, yes. if they're both above five inflation and interest rates, literally all hell is going to break loose. We're going to get another substantial fall in the share market and the economy will most likely dip into recession. It's really and I know there's a lot of talk about stagflation and all of this. I, I don't believe that at all. What, you mean the economy is too strong? I think it won't strong. be a stagflation. Mm. No, 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 no. I think the economy could be weak, but then inflation will fall dramatically. So I don't think we're going to have a case of weak economy and high inflation. If the worst happens, we'll just have a weak economy and inflation will fall. So we just have a normal recession. Before I turn on my news news um, channel in the morning, whether it be uh, CNN or BBC or whatever it is, the first thing I do is I look at the market. I look at the oil price. I look at yeah. the US 10-year Treasury yield. I look at the S&P. And then I think, okay, I'm going to turn on the TV now and see what has happened because uh, the market's up or it's down or whatever. Uh, the interesting thing the other day, Wayne, was that there was um, uh, when the war broke out on February the 24th of this year, uh, S&P went to 4,101, the futures that is, 4,101. Mm. It then rallied back up quite substantially 
I think to something yes. like 4,400 or 40. I can't remember the, the numbers. Not but the even other day, it fell below the 4,101 level, yes. the 4,100 level to 4,000. So that seems to be 50. a bit of a bear market rally. Yes, yeah. exactly. It seems to be in a bit of a bear market rally. But it's now back at 4,153. And I, I think tonight, the reaction of the market, we know what's going to happen. Interest rates are going to go up as they have yes, in India and as they have in Australia and as they will do in the United Kingdom tomorrow when the Bank of England meets. But yes. the interesting reaction will be, it's out the way now. It's like a bookmaker that says, uh, pay, pay and the pain goes away to someone who owes them money. No. Uh, I, I, I just don't know how the market's going to react. And it's going to be a fascinating evening and tomorrow as well, I think. Yeah, look, look, what's going to, look, everything. I mean, the one lucky thing about this time around mm. is we know what's causing the problem. And that's effectively, simplistically, the oil price and food price. Now, when I say the problem, inflation's going up to 3%. It's not going to go back to zero. So inflation, three between 3 and 4% is a given yeah. because that's normal. So the, the problem of why inflation is 8 and why it may only fall to 5 and not lower is food and oil. Now, food and oil is the war, by and large. So we've just got to watch what the fuel price, what the oil price is doing and what food's doing and what progress, if any, in the war to see what the share market's going to do. Right. Because if, the, if, the, if oil goes to 150 or 160 or $200 and uh, food prices continue to escalate, the equity market's going to fall because then, you know, in interest rates are going to 5% plus. So when we look at food inflation, I mean, you've always got to study these things uh, in perspective. Right. The, one, the one good or bad thing about food is that the supply side can react very quickly. In other words, when prices have collapsed, farmers just don't plant those marginal fields anymore because they can't make money on it. So there's crop rotation in so other the words. Next, so, the, so six months' time or a year's time, that supply is taken out of the system. Yeah. Then when prices are high, all those marginal fields on the edge of the farm where they don't make money, where they're printing money at this price, they plant them all. So six months to a year later, there's massive new supply on the market. So the one, as I said, either good or bad about food is that there can be a very quick supply side uh, reaction. Mining is completely different if you, if the prices are high, it takes you five years to build a new mine. You know, you can't react in six months or a year. No. So food prices have often doubled because that's what they've done now. They've effectively doubled. I know the wars pushed it higher, but food prices had already gone up 70% before the war even started. So food prices have doubled, but food prices doubling is actually quite normal for the food cycle. And then, you know, six months to a year later, they halve again and halve again and go back to the previous lows. So food is notoriously cyclical. Now, this percentage change in the food price is as high as what we've ever seen in the past. Okay. And if we just study the past as any indicator, this so this rise in the food price is as high as what we've ever seen in the past. So is it likely to go higher? 
Probably not, because it's already at the highest it's ever been. You know? So therefore, when you look at the past data, within a year and a half, food prices are minus 30% off that peak. So it's more than likely by the middle of next year, food prices will be significantly lower than where they are now. And then your inflation problem doesn't disappear because, as I said, inflation is going to between three and four. But at least the food inflation comes out. And, and, and oil, I mean, was it OPEC came out with uh, some analysis today or something like that, saying that they foresee a 1.3 million barrel surplus oil by the the second by the third quarter of this year well we know that there's there's a lot of oil around there's an awful lot of oil around it's just it's it's just logistics issues at the moment Uh, logistics yeah that's that's what it is and also speculation the economy is slowing down yeah Yeah. the economy is slowing down so there'll be less demand and of course china is just shutting down everything yeah it's you know? uh, it's it's um it, it, it's it's a fascinating situation. So and, I think I think yeah. inflation's falling, and I don't think interest rates will go up higher than four percent. Will be between three and four percent. Okay. And then we will survive. Of course, we'll the survive. The economy we, will survive. We, we, we will survive. survive. The share market will survive. Yes, it will. No, but when I say survive, you know, minus forty is never good on the share market. It, it, it scares you a little. Uh, it's, 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 so it's, it's, I don't it's, think it's we'll see deeply, a minus deeply 40. unpleasant situation. Now, uh, when you talk about food and food prices. Uh, I went to yes. Bar- I went to Barcelona for the weekend. Okay, now when you live in and a culin- Barcelona is fantastic. Oh gosh, when you live in I a culinary wasteland like uh, like the Netherlands, I mean, lovely people, organised country, hugely successful, uh, lovely people and everything. But when it comes to food, but haven't they? They food they they, they they their food is just to sustain themselves, not because of pleasure. But you haven't know? haven't they haven't the cars haven't the cars he's got nice cheese there. Yeah, because their nickname is the cast copies. Yeah, you can't you can't live by bread and cheese alone, unfortunately. And that and that okay, and, fair and, enough. And, and chips fair as well. Enough, yeah. And chips. They have chips everywhere. Do they they have, love chippies. They have they when they have shops that just sell chips. You you I, no, I mean, I've never I, seen that. I can look. Rock. I don't I don't mind chips, but I'm not crazy about them. I don't. They're crazy, crazy about, about them, chips. and you get you get three different types of mayonnaise. You order a, 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 pack, a packet of chips. And they give you three different types of mayonnaise. In England, you get uh, salt and vinegar. Here, you get three different types of mayonnaise to dip the the, the, the things sure. in. So anyway, the, the, but the point is, anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah. when you go to Barcelona, when I went to Barcelona this weekend, it's like a whole a, a wonderland of food no, op- it's lovely. O- opened up. There's, the food is fantastic. We, um, uh, um, I rather, have you and I, are creatures of habit. So I do the same thing. You go to the same restaurant every Sunday lunchtime with your partner yes, yeah, and you do the same thing. So when I go to Barcelona and I've been there 25 yeah. times over the last few years to watch football and eat food. Sure, you are very lucky. Well, you know. I've only been there twice. There's a restaurant there called El Champagnet, which is in the in the alley which houses the Picasso Museum. And it's a very, very shabby looking place. It's got a, 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 a shutter, one of those metal shutters. And it opens... Well, it sounds at, like my sort of establishment. It, oh, you'd love it. It opens at 12 o'clock I every like day. I shabby. Well, this is shabby. This is shabbier than shabby. On the outside, on the inside, it's spectacularly uh, uh, chic. Yeah. But anyway... I get there at quarter to 12 every time I go there because I know the table I want. And by the time it's open, because it only takes about 20 people sitting down and around about another 12 at the bar, uh, I get there. 
they open the shutters and they say, come in now. I go in and I sit in the corner and I can see everything. I can see all the tables. I can see the bar. I can see the lovely, pretty waitresses and all that sort of thing. I on and there's nothing and there's nothing wrong with pretty waitresses. Oh, gosh. It really does help if the person that's serving you very, very good food is pretty. I mean, I don't care if she's ugly either yeah, or no, he's it's, ugly it's either, never, but, it's, it's but never, it helps. It's never, it's, 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 it's never, it's never, it's never a problem, Magna. No, 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 no. It doesn't detract from the, um, uh, from the enjoyment of the food. But Wayne, I sat there yeah. from 12 o'clock till quarter past two. I just sat and watched the Spanish. And there's a, a sprinkling of tourists coming in and out and the way that people interacted. Everyone smiles all the time in Barcelona, which I found extraordinary, even though they're incredibly busy. I had 11 courses, 11 courses of food. And I won't go through, you know, the Padron. Oh, my goodness. The Padron peppers and the and, and the anchovies and the patatas bravas and everything else i won't go through it because otherwise i'll start to get hungry again and i have to lose weight because i must have put on uh, 3.8 kilograms over the weekend because everywhere you go in barcelona there is somewhere that draws you in you're walking along the street and there's a there's there's a there's a cafe and you say, oh, I must sit down. And then they show you the menu and you think, okay, yeah, I'll have that. Thank you. I'll have a, I'll have a tortilla. And uh, before you know it, you're eating tortilla and tomato bread, which is, is, is lightly toasted bread that they rub this special tomato on with olive oil Ooh, and yes, salt. And yeah, it's just, and I just suddenly thought, I, but I don't belong in the Netherlands. I need somewhere where there's a good food culture. So that's my, my food story. Have you, have you got one or have you just been doing your usual thing? No, no, look, I've, I mean, I must say my, we haven't actually gone out all that much. Mm. But I, I, did we talk about it last week when I went to Paris? Did we chat about Paris last week? No, you didn't tell me about Paris. I don't think we did. No. No. Now, Paris is special. Okay. I mean, it is such a vibrant town. I've been going to Paris for probably 30 years more. Yeah, 35 years now. Because I, when I've, first started flying gliders, I flew out to the Paris airfield in the early 90s. Yeah, so it's 30 years. And when I went to Paris, then there was nothing. It was a culinary and cultural wasteland. Right. But now it is a proper thriving, thriving little mini Dahlstrom type of place with restaurants, at least 10 restaurants. Yeah. Um, and and uh, a huge number of antique shops and very, very nice antique shops. So, I mean, Saturday morning is busy like crazy. There's traffic jams in the streets on the Saturday morning. <laughs> but anyway, there's the one restaurant there called the Hoi Paloi. Oh, yes. Now, the Hoi Paloi, I think, is a slang terminology for the commoners. Yes, exactly you know, right. Yeah, ruffians, al almost ruffians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the great unwashed masses, and it's upstairs above an antique shop, and the place inside is set up with antique furniture and antiques all over the place, and there's an old antique rowing boat in the ceiling and old antique ski, uh, skis, and it's a most unbelievable place, and the tables are all antique tables, and, and the chairs around each table are all different. So some are high, some are low, some are big, some are thin, and it's a fantastic place. And they have got the most extensive menu I've ever seen anywhere in my life. They must have 80 items on the menu. And this is Paris. And I've never once been there, and I've been there often, 
where they said, I'm sorry, that is unavailable today. You can order whatever you like off their menu. So they have duck. You can order duck la orange there if you want to. Yeah. And my mother, I always used to tease my mother. She did. She didn't do chicken a la king. She did chicken a la king. But she was a so terrible cook, wasn't she, your Kimberly. mother? She was an awful cook, wasn't she? She was a terrible cook, yeah. She was a <laughs> lovely person, but a truly awful cook. Um, but uh, so anyway, so I had the the crayfish risotto for starters. Mm. A crayfish bisque. Crayfish oh, bisque. bisque for starters. Yes, yes. The yes. bisque. How delicious was that? I mean, if the, 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 the soup was thick. I've got a crayfish tail in it. Mm. And then I had the exotica, exotica, the exotic mushroom risotto, also as a starter, but sort of as my mains. Yeah. And it was, so I thoroughly recommend to anyone sitting in the Joburg area, Paris. if you don't know what to do on a Saturday, shoot down to Paris, get there about 10 o'clock Saturday morning, look in the coffee shops, look in the, the bakery shops, Look around and then go to the Oi Paloi. They've got their own brewery downstairs. You can go and have um, craft beer downstairs and then maybe book in for the night and go and have a little afternoon sleep after your craft brewery experience. <laughs> and go to the Oi Paloi restaurant upstairs for the Saturday night meal and you will not be disappointed. Just one little problem with the Oi Paloi. Yes. Um, they've got the steepest stair access I've ever seen to yeah. get up there. Yeah. I, I, well, so it's not I, a problem going up, it's a problem getting down. I well, especially if you've had a couple. But anyway, um, Wayne, I've got a five a problem. So you go, you actually go down backwards. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go down like normal because you go down backwards like climbing down the ladder. I knew I shouldn't have talked to you about food. So now, I'm, I'm hungry again now. I've got to go and get something. Where am I going to get something in this wasteland well, here? Just, well, just, you can, you can always get chips there. I don't like chips. I'm sick of chips. I no, listen, like go, go, go. I'm sure, I'm sure in that part of the world, you can go and get some curry mussels. There's not one. Pot. There's not one uh, restaurant that serves curried anything. But that's in, where they live in, in Middleburg. That's, this, this is where it, this is where it comes from. It was Isn't not it the big Belgium dish, Belgium Holland dish. Yes, yeah, no, but, no, no. I'm I'm sorry, Wayne. I, I I've, I've scoured this town assiduously, and there's nothing for me here, unfortunately. Anyway, I've got a five o'clock. No, so. but then but, <laughs> but then you have to move then, Lindsay. Because you're you a digital nomad, aren't you? Yes, I'm a nomad. I don't know if I'm digital, but I'm certainly a nomad. But I have to go, Wayne. But, <laughs> but, but it's, okay. it's, it's been fantastic, as always, chatting to you. Wayne McCurry is from FNB Wealth and Investment. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.